April on Wall Street is over and the bulls kept running through the tape on the final trading day of the month. Today, the Dow finished up 250 points, closing out the month up 2.5%, with the S&P 500 giving us 1.5% and the NASDAQ closing just slightly in the black. Will the good times last? Well, we're here to answer that question for you. Welcome, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell. I am your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, and, and Arizona. Much, much less energetic. I might add, you know, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been a long week, so uh, you know, I I'm not going to be able to do your uh, you know radiation uh, treatment there. There you go. Well, I got to tell you, Toby, you know, you missed the the last show that we had with Henry Weingarten, and um and boy, boy, was he pessimistic? If you haven't heard it already, but we had more people that had sent us notes wondering if you were okay. They wanted to know where was Toby. They were very worried. And I kept saying, Toby's a businessman. He's doing business. And I could see why you're a little bit worn out today. But he's you got to say- He's a businessman. He's a businessman. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. He's making he's making money moves. That's for sure. But here we're going into May next week. We have a big Fed meeting. You got the jobs report. We still have another 50% of S&P 500 companies to report their quarterly yeah. earnings. Toby, I got to tell you, I know you're, you might be a little exhausted now, but boy, when we get up to Memorial Day, I think you're just going to be snoozing for a while. But what do you think about this market? Yeah, I, you know, it's so interesting, Todd. I swear, like I'm OG. I, I pull out some articles from the Wall Street Journal. I just put one stack. <laughs> this is just positive news. The other stack is negative news, right? Now my third stack is AI because we're making a, a shit ton. That's a, a technical term on Wall Street <laughs> of, of money in our AI stocks. But I mean, again, I just think no one has been through this. There is no uh, analog, no model that says, okay, wait a minute, we come out of a a pandemic that went into a recession that we threw $7 trillion at, that then, you know, expanded the economy again, then interest rates have gone up, you know, 5% in 12 months, Uh, never had that. Um, and, And then, you know, then we have an invasion, and then we have another invasion, and then we have China, and basically, United States now in a cold war. It's not even a, you know, hi, how you doing? Uh, China is opening. It is reopening. That should be similar. Well, what are the worst stocks this year? Chinese stocks. Yeah. I mean, there's just hard. I mean, there's just no, uh, c- you know, consistency. And so, mm-hmm. therefore, when all else fails, what do people do? Let's buy the big mega cap stocks. So this number really got me today. The seven or eight mega cap stocks, depending if you throw Walmart in there, uh, but they're not really a tech stock, are are responsible for that 94% of that uh, S&P 500 gain you talked about. Yeah. If you didn't have that, if you didn't have those, then you'd have a a negative three and a half percent. So clearly, I mean, listen, man, when I had a hedge fund and had a mutual fund, when you're just confused, Buy the big freaking stocks, just high, just, you know. <laughs> and, um, you know, the overall market, if you take the PE, the price earnings ratios, they're at 18, 19 times. That's the high range of uh, typically, you know, historically 16, 16 and a half is, is the multiple that we trade on. Yeah. So now we, if, if, if any of those guys would have missed this week, we'd, you know, we'd be down for the week. But obviously, they have these great business models that continue to repeat, repeat, repeat. Facebook ads were up. Microsoft, uh, you know, adding AI gave a shot. And uh, but the one that really got me was the number of uh, two hundred and fifty thousand to five hundred thousand dollar year jobs have been cut in in silicon, not silicon. 
Valley. <laughs> and it's now almost 220,000. Now, what, why that makes a difference is that, I don't know if you know this, Todd, but the actual average salary in the United States for someone who's working a full week is about $48,000 a year. Mm -hmm. These guys are, are five times or 10 times more in salary. They're getting compensation packages. But then today the, the, on the labor report, it came out and said, there's more people who used to make 250,000 that are now accepting $100,000 jobs. So this yeah. is like the like the desecration of, of the, you know, the tech worker. And oh, by the way, they're still living in Silicon Valley where their apartment costs them $5,500 a month. Uh, you know, their auto insurance costs them. They're, they live in a form of a 20% tax rate when you add it, you know, at the high end. So yeah. it's, I, you know, we're not on live support. Uh, the, the interesting thing today also was looking at the consumer. The consumer actually increased spending 3.3%. If we didn't have that, then, it, you know, we'd be already in a, in a recession. So, yeah. so I don't know. I, I, I'm getting dizzy just counting all the, you know, contraindicators, positive indicators, negative. And that's where I think the market is. I mean, uh, go buy the QQQ. I have I have a friend who you know is an old football player. And I know when the world is coming to an end, because <clears throat> I already have sold his QQQs for him. And then yeah. he says, well, are we going to buy the QQQs again? Yes, we're going to buy the QQQs again. So we did like in, in March. And, you know, he's up, wahoo, like four and a half percent. He thinks he's over the moon. But there's a lot of people like that who just said, and, and then the other thing, you know, that, that stopped me before I kill myself here. But did you see how much money went from Schwab's like cash account? To their four and a half percent treasury. I mean, yeah, that's what's wiping out these, uh, you know, FRC and all these other guys. Is that mm -hmm. you have to pay? You have to have yep. a, a, a mutual fund or an ETF that's paying that four and a half percent, and now you have zero risk of loss at this point mm -hmm. because they're short term. They're going to roll over. That's the competition. That is, and then not only that. I mean, you take a look at any of these savings accounts. Apple's new savings account at yeah. four spot one five percent. Even Goldman Sachs and their Marcus Online savings accounts paying three point nine percent. So yes, it's difficult for a regional bank that provided loans, low rate loans, just a couple of years ago, and now they're trying to compete because all of that deposit money is leaving, and and we all know that story. Yeah, and but I that wrote, I wrote a piece for uh, the Wavewire, which is now at TrueMarketInsiders.com. We moved our newsletters and everything else there, and Excellent I wrote a piece on this: the magic of the of the maturity rollover. The thing that's going to help the banks that don't have forty eight billion dollars of, of 0.05% deposits because that dog won't hunt and they're they're already basically dead. But right. the, but the regional banks and the smaller banks that have like one year, two year paper didn't go silly and you know buy thirty year T bonds. Those are now going to start rolling over. And what they didn't talk about, the Fed didn't. You saw the Fed's report on uh, you know on Silicon Valley Bank. A Fed completely screwed the pooch. B management had no freaking idea what they were doing. And number three, the quote unquote regulators, you know, said it, the bank was fine 10 days before they crashed. So that is a giant FU. And you saw this week when when First Reliance just, you know, took another no dive. That took First the, Republic. the market yeah. was up that day on Tuesday, remember? And yeah. just that fear of contagion. So so there's real palpable fear in this. That's not over. You know, there's going to be some, you know, dead fish uh, washing up on the ocean, i.e. banks. Well, it seems like all, a lot of strategists right now are predicting more pain with the regional banks. I mean, and you, you, it's it's uh, First Republic you're speaking of. Yeah. And yes, we saw that today and where bankers are actually saying, look, you know, if you're not going to save us now, you're going to have more pain down the line. But there are, they cannot be the only regional bank that's going through this. I think there, that's there's going to be multiple stories. You always these these situations always seem to go in waves. And here in 
might be a, a law for maybe a week to 10 days, but then you're going to have something else that happens, especially if the Fed does hike another 25 basis which points they, they as will. the markets. Yeah, yeah Fed futures and the price that in. The question now is June, which comes in pretty quickly. Right. But I mean, I always want to step back a little bit for people to understand that that since the Fed, they say they have tools, they only have one freaking tool. Well, they have yeah. two tools. They can buy a whole bunch of dollars. They can do this quantitative easing where they just buy a whole bunch of like trillions of dollars of bonds from banks. Now the banks don't have the bonds, but they have cash. It's always intriguing that people, most people don't know that that cash was actually just created with a push, push of one keystroke. And the Fed, who runs the money supply, just pushed four or five trillion dollars of cash that had to go somewhere. So that stimulates the economy, right? But the, the way you destimulate the economy, no one's ever talking about now, is quantitative tightening. So every month they're rolling off about $800 billion of all this uh, liquidity they put in there. That has a very long lag effect. And since they really only started, it's hard to believe this, isn't it? They only really started last, you know, March, April of last year. Yeah. We don't know. We've never, we've never shrunk the balance sheet by trillions of dollars, you know, uh, a year or even a quarter in some cases. We don't know that. They got 115 um, PhDs there. I've, I've been to the office with one in DC and in New York. These are the pointy headest nerds you've ever seen in your life. Now, 150 PhDs couldn't figure out, couldn't model what's going to happen to the economy when you pull that cash out. Ah, right. That's a little shocking. Well, well, it happened so fast. I mean, they, we raised rates uh, at the fastest pace in, pace in history. But and that's the job, so, though. That's, I mean, that's the only I'm trying to say. That, that's the only tool they have. But it right. takes nine to 12 months for stuff to break, meaning that just like SVP, just like the credit standards in the national banking system are, are tighter by almost 40%. If yeah. you're a business guy and your FICO score or your business score was, let's say, 700, unless you're 750 or 800, uh, you know, your loans are not going to get renewed. Uh, you're not right. going to be able to get new expansion capital. So it does slow everything down. It's just that it's the services that's where the inflation is. And the services will not come down because the biggest part of that is housing and rent. Uh, and all this housing equivalent, I love rent equivalent, um, they call... 2,000 people every quarter, they ask them, what could you rent your house your, that you own for? And that's how they come up with this rent equivalent, which is, you know, can be totally insane. Why don't you just go to, to one of the online companies, to open doors so on and so forth, they'll tell you what the rents are. But th that is still can't come down until October at the minimum, because it's on a year over year basis. And so we're going to have that service inflation elevated, my favorite term now, elevated, in other words, for high for a long yeah. time. And that's not coming down. Uh, so market, you know, look at this week. This week was a, a dichotomy or it was a, a conundrum wrapped around a, a riddle. Tuesday, all things great. And then the bank, boom. And then, right. two days ago, and then, you know, Microsoft comes in with that big number and Microsoft in the S&P represents almost 12% of the whole freaking thing. If Apple comes in next week and beats it, I would be surprised. But if Apple, you know, beats, then, you know, again, you're going to have this 2% rise. And then somebody else is going to come out and say, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're missing our numbers. So and close stock. to half and close to half of the QQQ actually consists of just two stocks. And that is Microsoft and Apple. Yeah. So uh, and so if we do get a, a big beat so we're long, from by Apple, the way, we're we'll long that TQQQ. It's an ETF that's that's a double 2x of the Qs because that's the barbell. It's a really yeah. skinny barbell. This is the barbell. That's the TQQs. 
And then this is all the high dividend reinvesting dividends, just you know, growing wealth every month because you're reinvesting dividends. Uh, and then and we have some real micro cap stocks that I can't talk about um, that are freaking kicking ass. That's a, a scientific term. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. And, and, if, and for the audience also on that 2X again, that Toby's speaking about, that actually means it has a beta of two. So if the S or the NASDAQ goes up 1%, QQQ should rise 2%. So yeah. the inverse of that is also true. If it goes down 1%, could go down 2%. Exactly. They keep in mind. So just something yeah. to keep in mind. Well, I just but let's go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to say, let's close it out on this block because coming up, let's talk about those tech earnings because I'm really surprised with some of the results that we are already getting and, and what maybe we should be able to expect uh, going into the month of May. So please stay with us on Buy, Hold, Sell. We are back today. It is the last great day of April. We have so many good things to tell you about as well. So please stick with us after the break. We'll be right back. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Travis Carmichael, the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue-collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people. His success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian operative Naomi Nunn. Through a roller coaster journey, of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Naomi's metamorphosis from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd Schoenberger, feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the consuming lifestyle it perpetuates. Please pick up your copy of No Lie Lives Forever, available on Amazon and finer bookstores near you. On any given day in Washington, policy proposals are created, debated, and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes. On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one?
Welcome back to Buy, Hold, Sell. We saw the Dow close out the month of April on a very high note with the Dow closing up 250 points, up 2.5% for the month of April, S&P 500 up 1.5%. Things are looking good, and Toby and I were just talking in the last block about the quarterly earnings period, but also maybe some headwinds. But Toby, let's start. Let's go a little bit deeper into that quarterly earnings period. We are just a little over 50% of S&P 500 companies right now have reported, and yeah. 80% of them have beat. I mean, that's incredible, but that seems to be typical of the three-year average. But if we are in a recession or, or, or if we're headed into, into a recession period, yeah. then how can this be? I mean, how is it that these earnings are doing as well as they are? Well, I'm just going to go back to my basic theme of is who the F knows, right? In other words, for every Yang, or there's a Yang, Young, whatever. There's a Yang and a Yang. For every yeah. positive note, you can talk to somebody who makes a very strong case that that note is malarkey and here's the real deal. And again, we're just uncharted water. So one of those things is sentiment. And you know, sentiment in the short term drives stocks. Well, here's a shock, Todd. If everybody's wrong on their estimations, then they were too bearish. Their, you know, their sentiment was too low. And now yeah. they have to cover their short covering or they just, you know, have to put money to work to, you know, to try to keep up with the Joneses. And sentiment has been very, you know, poor because inflation, you know, I've said this a thousand times. Here, here's a thousand one. The Fed can't just come out and say, you know, here we are at 2.8%, 3% inflation. We're just going to raise our target to 3%. Right. They can't do that. And the reason why they can't do that is they could do that if if we, the United States, own the majority of our debt, but we do not. China does, Europe does, Christ, even Russia still owns like you know almost a trillion dollars of U.S. treasuries. So if if all of a sudden their credibility goes to heck, then they're going to sell that stuff, and then mm -hmm. you want to see you want to see bonds at six, seven, eight percent. That's what's going to happen. So I, as I said, they've always been stuck in this box. They got a little bit of a break because the consumer, you know, hit the 3.3% year over year growth. That that would take away part of the recession story since 72% of our economies are is is the consumer. Um, right. But it, it's just it's it's I don't know for people at home or are seeing this video, it's not going straight down. It's like landing that jet for like the last, you know, half a mile, it's sort of getting down. Um, the Atlanta GDP, which Atlanta does this uh, now uh, GDP thing, which takes not takes coincidence data, not the trailing, not the future, but the coincidence stuff. And they have the quarter now at 1.617% GDP. Well, that's a hell of a lot lower than when we had, you know, these 4% 4 GDP growth. But you got to throw those numbers out. I mean, I think that's the other thing, Todd, is just you have to throw out the pandemic numbers. You have to throw out, because they were, a, you know, mm -hmm. a, a, a history of one. You have to throw out the bounce back, because I don't think we're going to be in throwing $7 trillion again into the uh, uh, into the market if particularly no. if Kevin McCarthy has his you know way <laughs> and now we're now we're heading into this June period and I don't know if you remember it because I don't think you're old enough but <laughs> but the last time we had this showdown uh, where the, the Dems and, and the Republicans couldn't come to terms with it, market went down 21%. Yeah. Because default was, you know, S&P put default risk Right, down. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So the next sort of hurdle is our dysfunctional uh, political and, and system. And our but that's a late economy. that's a late summer story. That's yeah. a, that, so so let's it is there and it's a ticking time bomb. Let's be honest, but it is a late summer story, and we'll see. I you know you know as well as I do, Toby. Nothing's going to happen until the very final second. It's going to be a headline. Well, that's again that's the best. You know, but remember the last time we did that, the Dems 
have the House and the Senate. Good point. Uh, this time, the Republicans have the House. And yeah. uh, and Kevin has got, I mean, I've known him for a long time. He grew up uh, in, in uh, Bakersfield, California. And when I worked for Fox, you know, I'd have a cocktail or two with him across the at the Jefferson Hotel, across from the White House. And he's really not a dick. Yeah. But he comes off as a, just a dick. And, and he has to, because look at look at who voted for him. He's even got the the gay non-Harvard graduate from New York who was the final vote for him to get the speakership. And in yeah. the speakership, they put in a clause that says if 51% of our of the caucus says adios, he's out of yeah. adios. And he's he's been working for this job, Tuts, ever since I've known him since you know 2008. He hated uh, what's his face, Patrick. Uh, who the last speaker of the house was? He just hated him because he was too. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, so you know, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, and, yeah. and obviously, we're going to have dozens and dozens of shows leading up to that, including our political show Power Hour. But yeah. we'll we'll talk further about that. But I think if the theory holds true, if when you are, and I want to ask you this because yeah. it seems that if we are heading into that recessionary environment, it's companies that are of the old guard that seem to be a favor. For example, through this week, you know, we've seen Hewlett Packard, Microsoft, Intel, Dell, you know, these are old guard tech stocks that yeah. are doing sensational year to date. Whereas when you look at some of the, you know, the high flyers, those meteoric ones, the shiny ones, the fresh ones, mm -hmm. those are the ones that are struggling. So it's almost as if, if we are going into that recessionary period, Look at the old guard companies because those are the ones that are going to survive because they've been through this before. Well, you're, but you're what right. are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean they have. Number two, Amazon was interesting because this is the first time AWS, their cloud service. I, again, I don't think people understand that from the actual cash flow right. that about eighty-five percent of their positive cash flow yeah. comes from AWS because they were the first guys to to you know make this cloud service. That's right. And it's a cash and, cow. Yeah, and they get paid per use. In other words, it's not like a rent. It's you get yeah. paid how much you know how much you use it. So um, they actually tip. The, the 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 issue that I'm most interested in right now is I, I remember our CEO like in at Phillips in like you know 2000, and we were just kicked ass and and you know I had a brand new Mac computer because I wanted a Mac computer. They were all PCs there, Todd, but I wanted it, and I'd made the most money for the company, so I got me a you know five thousand Mac computer, right? And then, about, happy. Yeah. and then about a year later, he, he says, his name is Bob King. He says, Toby, you son of a gun. Now everybody wants a freaking Mac computer <laughs> and they're not getting them because, you know, you don't sell a lot of financial newsletters when the markets tanks, you know, 53% like it did then. My point <laughs> is we're tightening the belt. No one's, there's some CEOs that never tightened belts before. I mean, if you, if, if you were the business, if you were a CEO from 2010 to 2022, you never tighten your belt. You had like a little pandemic disaster, but that bounced right back. So, yeah. and I think the other thing that just got me was this thing about, it was the Wall Street Journal today, about how the $500,000 a year uh, Google employees and Apple employees and et cetera, they're the ones who are getting cut finally. I have a close friend who sold his uh, uh, technology company to Google and he's been working on their AI stuff. And I was chatting with him as the caca was starting to hit the fan. And I said, what do you think, uh, Roy? What do you think the odds of you, you know, getting uh, you know, laid off? He says, oh, 98.8%. 
Um, oh. Because he, you know, his benefit package, everything else, he's getting paid seven hundred fifty grand a year. That's like, but like now that's like five engineers. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, he he wasn't really getting any headway. So I'm sorry, but I've had these meetings, and you know, the CEO comes in and says, "All right, Toby, you're running the newsletter business here. You have sixty three employees. You need to have thirty five employees. So you make the decision. But this is not, you know, you can beg whatever else. This is how it is because our revenues are down. We're not in the business of losing money. Well." now multiply that conversation over you know 10 15 50,000 companies um, yeah and, and then here's the bizarre part I'm talking with a guy I'm down in Fort Lauderdale last week as you know me I'm chatty Kathy and there's an upstairs bar with a pool <laughs> so you know where I, I am you know what were you there for work or was this person <laughs> I was there for work I we did new commercials I did three infomercials oh my lord you're gonna get you. you're, you're gonna be tired of seeing my face anyway never I'm up there and I, I meet a guy and his wife, and they're from uh, where I grew up in Southern California, and he's a home builder. And he says, well, we're taking a cruise. We're taking a two-week cruise. You know why, Toby? Because there's no freaking way. I have a backlog of almost three years of custom homes. And there are not not nearly enough carpenters, uh, pipe fitters. No one will do roofing work except for his, you know, Hispanic immigrants, because they're the only people that will, will do that work. And so he's I, well, he's already sold the jobs. Uh, he can only get his, build them as fast as they get. He's got a foreman who says, so I'm taking a cruise. I mean, I made a jillion, you know, money during the pandemic, et cetera. But so take that and multiply that all over the United States. Take, you know, the, the, that we still are in this conundrum where, where we have growth, like in, in solar energy business, right? We have $760 billion, right? Plus about another $2 trillion of of loans and debt, green bonds. Nobody knows how to put a freaking solar thing together. Nobody knows how to put a windmill. I mean, they're not enough, nearly enough. They're down 50%. So they can build all this stuff and our GDP would be rising Mm -hmm. because those are Mm -hmm. big ticket items. I mean, these are billion dollar deals, but there's not enough skilled labor. And I'll just end this rant with this. It was interesting talking with uh, some economists I was with in, in Fort Lauderdale as well. And they were talking about Oh, I know. This is the two cocktail truth serum. Um, uh, <laughs> would you pay two hundred fifty thousand again to put your kid through Ivy League school? Not even Ivy League school. I mean, you know, uh, Cornell, which I guess is an Ivy League school, right? It is. Yeah, it's, it's a tier. Yeah, yeah. Tier you know two, you're yeah. Ivy League, you know, because you're an <laughs> Ivy League guy, but I'm not. All right. Yeah. Uh, state educated, but and they said no, no. Yeah. I haven't. I mean. I would have them uh, apprentice as in plumbing, air conditioning, HVAC, et cetera. Uh, he was saying he had 800 square feet of new tile that needed to be put into his house because he, he had gotten hit by the hurricane so on and so forth. And he said the bill was $17,000 and he bought the tile. That yeah. was the labor. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Right? So that's going to be interesting to see because we've certainly hit peak tuition. Mm-hmm. They're not coming down very much. No. And why not, you know, have one of your kids, you know, once they get done with their professional careers playing Highline, what do they play? I can't remember. Again. Oh, yeah. Lacrosse. Look, look Isn't that Highline? <laughs> no, I wonder what that is. <laughs> oh, it's Highline for, for young white kids. That's what it is. Okay. Okay. And, and, yeah. In Miami, we have the Highline stuff that I was asking. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, now I, I have another a friend who, whose husband is Dutch and they have two young kids. And yeah. again, two cocktail syndrome. She says, yeah. well, our kids are going to college in Holland, in the Netherlands. 
because it's $1,100 a year tuition. Yeah, it's crazy. And and, yeah. and these are world class schools too. This is not like yeah. you're going to the JC. So yeah. So that's well. I, I that's, mean, that's what worries point, me about us as we get through this oh, rough yeah. patch. We're the people. Well, I mean, I, I'll give you an example. So um, as you and I, you know, we've talked about this before off air. Uh, my son, he wants to be a pilot, so yeah. he's going to go to college to be a pilot. In addition to his tuition, though, the flight costs just to study this is two hundred grand. I mean, who's going to be a pilot? No wonder we don't have any pilots. Plus, because of uh, you know the likes of Chuck Schumer, now with the regulations, just the amount of time that needs to be spent just to practice. Flying. You mean you mean the airtime that they have to put the in? Air time. Yeah, the airtime, yeah, the airtime. So now, because of that, now you have the costs and the time. That means you're not working, making money, doing anything else. No wonder we don't have pilots. So, so it's that's great that he's doing that. But the amount of money that's spent on it, it is, it's like getting a, you're, it's almost like you're going to be a doctor, you're going to med school. Right. And this is to fly planes, you know, fly people around from Minneapolis down to Orlando for Disney so, World. I mean, so it's crazy. Now I get it. That's why we have all these ex-Air Force, ex-Navy pilots as, as pilots, because they don't have to put that time in, I assume. Well, there, there was a crash, actually, that happened in Western New York years ago. And the it was pilot error, and I, I forget how many. It was a fatal crash, yeah. and uh, but the pilots were fairly new, and so Chuck Schumer, senator of New York, he yeah. he led the charge to say, "Look, you got to have X amount of hours of training," which is right; it's a safety component. But as a result of that, it's just there's so much there, plus the money that's involved. It's very difficult just to get over that hurdle. The airlines, that's one, the airlines don't give scholarships out or something. I mean, the, the big ones don't. They, they don't. But what's funny now is now my son, who, who's in this program, it's at, at, at a school in the Midwest. He's It's a 13% acceptance rate. Truly remarkable. He's in there. Yeah. He's actually been getting inquiries from the big airlines now to say, look, we'll train you. One of right. them is actually down by you right now in a major carrier. And they're trying to get them there and saying, forget the college, you know, come here and right. you could just start flying for us or, you know, we'll train you. Well, we'll that makes, for at it. least that makes some sense. But, you, but then you but then you lose the then you lose the education part of it. Though. So that's something, you know, it's a decision. Hey, you know, there's this thing called Coursera, right? You can take every college course online while you're flying. <laughs> now, by the way, my my two pilot friends who fly the big jets and they do one. We'll just call one Tom, Tom K. Tom K. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're the pilot. You're the guy taking the plane up. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we get there about a half hour before we check everything else out. When do you hit the autopilot? He says, well, actually about 45 seconds after we've taken off. <laughs> wow. It depends where they're, yeah. Depends where they're yeah. doing it. But you know, he says, as soon as we get to the, the, the altitude, it's autopilot all the way. Um, yeah. You know, he goes back, talks to the hot looking girls. And, uh, you know, because if you have the uniform, you get the hot looking girls. Um, well, and, I mean, but, but, but you it. are right, though. The tuition costs, I mean, people are being priced out of it. So they learn those skills. Plus, we don't have enough humans that can actually take care of all of the, the work that's out there right now. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. You and I, as busy as we are, Toby, think about this. We are remarkably busy. But I'm sure if we were cornered right now, we probably couldn't hire 10 skilled people right now to do the work that we we need because they're just not skilled. It's just not skilled labor. Or if it is, it's going to be tough to find. You got to pay a premium for it, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I mean, there's a, a little, there's a a lot little bit there. of a tangent, but I mean, it's a microcosm yeah. of the United States right now that right. We, we can't grow in the manufacturing side. On the mm -hmm. service side, 
um, you know, we're also peaked on that because we haven't had the normal immigration, legal immigration. So we're mm -hmm. down three and a half million legal immigrants who I don't know about you, but when somebody comes to clean my house or clean my pool, they are not, hi, I'm Bob, I'm from Cornell, class of, you know, 22. Right, right. Um, right. So uh, uh, in, in, the, in the Scottsdale area, in Arizona area, um, uh, let's just say they've had more immigration than maybe the numbers actually uh, say. Uh, mm -hmm. But you can hire somebody, but everything is freaking expensive. I mean, yeah. everything is freaking. I mean, they used to clean the house for 150 bucks. Now it's 250 bucks. And if you don't like the 250, great. I got a waiting list for people. You know. Yeah. So it's uh, it's crazy. So that's going to put a, a ceiling, I guess, trying to say on our GDP growth. Um, mm -hmm. And then with mm -hmm. the Fed, you know, withdrawing. But and oh, by the way, you know, the data that I see and the numbers that we run says that with with the credit raising or you know, the, the the credit score to get a business loan or expand a loan, et cetera, has gone up so much that the Fed even says that's probably like half a percent of tightening simply because of the, you know, the credit tightening. And that mm -hmm. just started. So, so I think, I mean, I don't know, I'm, I've sort of gone into the camp that because the Fed was so effed up to begin with on the, you know, the, uh, we're just gonna have this transitory inflation thing. Um, and they had no model that said, well, what happens when we have a pandemic and then you put seven trillion in, they were just winging it. Um, I think now, uh, I, I would say that, that a recession, in other words, two negative quarters of growth is more like the fourth quarter this year, first quarter next year. The question mm -hmm. is, is that priced into the market? And the answer would be, well, not if we're selling at 18 or 19 times, you know, 2024 earnings estimates, mm -hmm. because that's the high end. Normally, when you say it's priced in, that means you price down at least to the the, the average for the last 30 years, which has been about 16 times, or maybe even price lower. Well, we've got down to about a 14 PE, you know, at one in, in the market, you know, tanked. Um, and, but now we're back at 18 and tell me what's changed. I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm confused there. I think the Fed has just, they didn't know what they were doing going in. They're not, mm -hmm. don't know what they're doing now. They're flying by the seat of the pants with 150 PhDs doing God knows what there. They're probably playing pinochle all day. And, <laughs> um, and, and they're just, they're going to break it. Uh, Jay Hatfield, we'll have Jay on a show here in a little while. He's the, the general partner of AMZA, which is an MLP ETF mm -hmm. that we uh, use, and PFFA, which is preferred. And, you know, he grew up in Palo Alto. He's a Stanford kid. He's a snot-nosed Stanford kid, but and he's my age. But he, um, so he's still a snot-nosed kid. But he has been right on this, that, you know, his bet is, is that we're, that they're too, too much is broken underneath the surface and the Fed's yeah. been too high for longer. And they're on a sort of kamikaze run and they know they're going to break stuff. Well, guess what? They just broke, you know, the 12th largest and 18th largest bank in, in the United States. and since the regulators just said they had no clue, the Fed said they mm -hmm. had no clue about this. I can't really say that all of a sudden they're going to see, you know, the light. And, oh, yeah, now we understand how this works. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm just saying I would not be at home, you know, reinvest your dividends, have your high dividend stuff. Make sure you have that four and a half percent money market fund. Reinvest that. Keep your risk, you know, very moderate here. And let's get into June and see, and then let's get into this freaking debt crisis because yeah, everyone is saying at the end of the day, the hue and cry from the masses is they're going to, they're going to get them in a room and get the club and beat them over the head and say, you guys, you know, <laughs> agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But but now with the political polarization, you're now rewarded as a Republican to be the hard ass. You know, this is just like remember remember those tax guys the, uh, mm-hmm. the back in the to, to 2010 the tax revolt. Oh guys? yeah, they elected about yeah. eight people from that craziness. Um, and it wasn't that they were crazy. The Tea, it was just the tea Party. What they were doing. Yeah, Tea Party people. Yeah, yeah no, Tea Party. Right. Yeah, yeah. I remember I spoke at the first Tea Party thing in in Washington D.C. at the at the at uh, the the park across the street from the White House, and there was all these people dressed up like Paul Revere, you know, and <laughs> and then they had these signs, and the sign says, "Cut taxes, but don't touch my Medicare." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I said, "Would you bring that sign up here?" And they were like, you know, filming this for the news, and I said, "These two yeah. statements yeah. don't make any sense." Where do you think you get the money to pay the Medicare? Are you? you know, mm-hmm. And then if you're going to cut taxes, you and you're going to keep Medicare, then we're going to run those deficits, which you're protesting about, you boneheads. <laughs> Don't get me started. That's great. Don't I'm not. Me. I'm not going to get you started. <laughs> well, listen. Let's end the show on that note because there's, yeah. we're, we're going to continue. There's so many things to talk about, and I know over the next four weeks we have plenty more, including yeah. the fact that starting in June, June first. Crosscheck Media will have its own network on Apple TV as well as Roku. And what that means for you is that you're going to be able to watch Buy, Hold, Sell live right on Apple TV as well as Roku. Or you can stream it. Or you can stream it, whatever you like. So you can watch it live. You're going to, the whole gamut of shows that we have for Crosscheck Media are going to be available to you. And look for lots of press mentions about that. Do I have to wear a tie tie or can I just still wear a white shirt you know what toby you always look good it doesn't matter what you wear so you know <laughs> you, you wear whatever you're most comfortable with that's all I'd i'm like going to say todd i'd like you to after the show look up the word sycophant okay you are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> outstanding absolutely so listen check out toby's uh, writings at truemarketinsiders.com go to truemarketinsiders.com Toby has been on fire. You got to read his well, and our new, you yeah, do. Our new you're newsletter be launches i believe may 10th and we okay. have like a special for, I think, like 79 bucks for the year. Uh, and, and just our AI picks are, in my mind, these are 10, 20X type winners. Just the, the AI picks are worth the 79 bucks. And oh, by the way, after 30 days, if you don't find value, we give you your money back. So it's a sort yeah. of bonus deal. Um, $79. But at these times, well, we do make money, you know, when people are confused on and so forth. That's, you know, when we make the, the, the biggest money. And uh, so I'd love to any of the viewers to come in and, and, and join and get on the on the deal because the price goes up after that. Absolutely, and you know what? I mean, that's a, that's very it's a, it's a drop in the bucket for the amount of uh, value that you get out of something like that. So God bless definitely, you. everybody should check that out. Absolutely. So I listen, apologize so- for calling you a sycophant. <laughs> well, we got we got big shows coming up for you in the month of May. We awesome. have some all star guests that are coming up. We will be back on Buy Hold Sell. It's great having you. Thank you so much for joining us today. So, on behalf of Tobin Smith, I am Todd Schoenberger. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Take care. I want you to smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome 
the roadblocks to do so.